I don't know. We have like 30 minutes of backstage I know, right? today. The backstage portion <laughs> right now where I have to get Neil's time because once again we had audio issues. So Neil, you and me, we're going to clap. Three, two, one. <laughs> Why can't you just clap? <laughs> Why can't you... Yes, yes, I can hear you. Oh my god, I will spit my beer out onto my computer. I will. I'm not going I to. I will believe this. Oh. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, I have started a new audio recording on Audacity. Because. So here's the problem. Are you ready for this? No, we're just, not ready sure. for this, Neil. I was just chatting to you guys. Everything was fine. And I accidentally nudged the little USB thing that the... So the mic is plugged into a USB adapter. Oh. The USB adapter is plugged into a USB-C adapter, which goes into the Mac because the Mac doesn't have a regular USB socket. Apparently, I either have a really low-quality USB adapter or the socket has a problem, but I slightly nudged it and it started making this high-pitched screeching noise in my ear. <laughs> And so I'm like, ah! So I've yanked it out and put it back in, but then Audacity crashed because Audacity can't handle losing the audio device midway through the thing. So I'm not going to touch the thing, and that's what happened. This is the second time this has happened. Yeah, it happened last week as well. It actually happened last week to me, and it's also the reason I think my display got busted because my display comes in on the same port. I think maybe it was when I spilled tea on it on the second day of owning it. This fucking thing doesn't work anymore. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna touch it. I'm not gonna touch it. This is almost as good as the alarm clock. I actually, I have no idea how we're gonna sync up the audio before, but we'll. We, you know what? <laughs> we're in it. This is the episode now, Neil. We're gonna clap. Oh my okay, goodness. and I Three, tried to. Two, I did try one. to say. Don't god damn <laughs> Okay, one thirty eight. Wait, are we all supposed to clap? Yeah. Yeah, but he started talking like he had another issue, so I didn't clap. I was gonna say, is it all no, go or just go clap? Because you just said Neil. You know what, everyone oh boy. team exercise before we get into Dune. Or Can we do this? <sighs> oh god. <laughs> Alright. All right, everyone together. I this. this is it. Three, two, one. I'm not the good. I, I don't think I clapped at the same Where's time. Where's my pen at? <laughs> two fourteen. Two fourteen. <laughs> Second. Thirty-five eleven. Forty-one thirty-seven. You see well, how long we've been at this for. <laughs> God, my crying. <laughs> crying. <laughs> Tom, what was yours? I'm pretty sure it was 4137. Oh, jeez. 3711. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I, I gotta go to bed in 20 minutes. minutes of your life. <laughs> okay, we gotta get to do real quick, so can't go to bed. I'm just gonna oh. not. I'm not gonna move my body. The next. Okay, but you better talk because we waited for you this long. How can I talk? I didn't read the novel. <laughs> <laughs> You've read the novel, though. 
So earlier today, Neil was messaging us saying this big sob story about his whole family sick, which we really knew he just didn't read the novel. No, they really are sick. They were both off school today. My kids were both out. Oh. It's like okay. Well, I hope they feel better, but that doesn't mean you couldn't read the book. You haven't even started, have you? <laughs> I have. I have. I have started it. Yes, I have. I what take, chapter are you on? I take insult to that statement. He was on chapter seven last time we, we asked. I'm on chapter right. seven. <laughs> I don't know, like 50? He's almost on it. Don't worry. There's like... <laughs> There's like 38 I, chapters. This does mean we're never going to talk about the overstory, right? No, we're never going to. <laughs> why did I read that book then? I don't know enjoyed, why I did either. You enjoyed it. All right. No, I didn't. But this week, most of us read Dune. <laughs> A pretty good showing for the podcast. Yeah, true. Um, I don't even know how to do book club anymore. It's been so long. This is my Did first. We have a way to do this. This is my first book club I'm a part of, so you guys can kind of run. Well, who's this. doing the synopsis? Well, I don't think we can just do a synopsis. That's boring. I think I don't and know. Spoilers. Well, I mean, yeah. So there's Although a movie. Gonna, there's a movie coming out. I'm going to put a lot of spoilers out. I think. Yeah. So, so if I you're going to watch the movie, probably don't listen to this. I think the movie, the movie covers. I was going to say the movie only covers uh, half the book, though. Well, so there's okay, three so books within a book. we're going to spoil the second movie, too. It, but the three <laughs> books are one book. Tom. So how the fuck does this work? And where does it cut off for the movie? Is it the middle of one of the books inside of the book? <laughs> one of them is a lot longer. It's already confusing, isn't it, Think guys? it all. Uh, I, I feel like, I feel like book one Jesus. was like half the book, and then book two and three. Yeah. Books two and three, three, three were, were the second half of book one. The overall book one. I don't Anyways. understand why they just didn't continue on with chapters. Like, why? Why? Well, did you not why? get that there's a time Frank? jump? Why? Oh, yeah, shit. I hate Was that there? time jump. We want to talk about that? Wait, hold on now. So we're we're talking about Dune by Frank Herbert. Start the basics, guys. Yeah. Goodness. Or, or we might be like Tom and won't know what book to read. There's there is a there is a duke. <laughs> <laughs> there was a duke. There, there, was, there was a baron. There was some guy Paul who was the son. Some guy Paul. Who was a boy. He was pretty young. I think he was like 12, 13, 14, something like that. He's like a Ten. Neil's a crypto coin he's, boy. Yeah, he's a, he's a crypto are. boy. He he made a lot of money oh, in yeah. the crypto <laughs> exchange. Where were you in our last book reviews? <laughs> Tom, dip, Tom, slow your roll. Oh my goodness, crash! Well, goodness, well, crash! Okay, so we we decided to read this because of the movie coming out, right? Mm-hmm. And we have the author yes. out there, Frank Herbert. Yep, he's from Washington, by he's the way. Dead. When is the oh, movie coming out? By the way, when is the movie actually coming out? Just so that. Clear. It's like this week. This week, 22nd, okay. So October twenty right? second, which is why we had this original deadline for you so guys. So actually, after this episode, At the start of October, this episode comes out. No, are we going no. to? Are we going to commit to watch all? Go watch the movie and review the movie next week. I'm going to watch the movie this weekend. I'm sure um, everyone will see the movie at some I'm point. Sure I don't know if I'll see released. it next week. I don't know if I'll I'm probably going to watch it this weekend in the theater and then watch it at home. 
You can wait. You can watch I don't want to go to a movie theater, but yeah, it is right. streaming at home. I'll probably watch it. Don't so, so you have more important things to do, like take down lights? <laughs> yeah. Bowling apparently is taking up all of your life. Are we really back on this? Are we really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. Dune is a book. Dune is a book written by Frank Herbert from Tacoma, Washington. First published in 1965. Huh. No wonder he wrote such a depressing book. What year? There's nothing wrong with About Tacoma. About a shitty place to leave. Well, there's there's rain, so that's why. My ex husband's probably... from Tacoma. I'm gonna shit all over that. What year was this written? <laughs> Let's talk about that. I did see that. Fallout Boy. I don't at know the when Tacoma it was written. Dome. It was first published in 1965, I think. If okay. I can read this inside cover correctly. Yeah, I think it was published in Wikipedia. Telling me okay. the same. And then, so my understanding is there were other movies made like back in well, the, yeah, i don't know this, what 70s so 80s been, so like, this heralded like as a it's been thought of as you know one of the sci-fi classics so there's been different adaptations over time okay. i don't know how many movies they've tried to make but there's well, been like the, a mini series right yeah the book is yeah. was like the original hugo or saturn award winner for science fiction like some award. Oh, it tied. <coughs> yeah, there's for the two. Hugo Award and won the Nebula. Nebula, award that's the for one. Best novel. And then I bet that uh, says something on here. They made uh, in the seventies. Um, they tried to make uh, um, an adaptation that was just too out there. It would have made Star Wars look like a cheap B movie compared to like what it was what yeah no like it, the, the the production that was proposed for the adaptation on dune in the 70s was ridiculous and it never got off the ground but it was so uh such a vision that it ended up getting its own documentary and it's i believe it's on netflix oh it's called joe drowski's dune yep so that movie never got made and then fast forward a few years later um David Lynch makes his own version of Dune, uh, which starred Sting, out of all people, in there. And then also... Wait, who does Sting play? He plays uh, Phaedra. And not only Sting, but Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart and... Patrick Stewart, I'm very excited about. And Sting. Um, <laughs> uh, Kyle McLaughlin yeah. of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Also a David Lynch thing you know the hair the 80s hair and it's rough has has some 80s charm to it uh bad bad i think i might like it now that i've seen the book hope since i've read the book um and have idea what the story is like i might enjoy it more and i also do love shitty 80s movies so it's it might catch my fancy it, it it's pretty bad, but it. I've seen the first twenty minutes, and I was like. And then uh-huh. uh, in two thousand, they made a miniseries sci-fi. Um, it was pretty well received. Three parts. It's actually my favorite version. I enjoy that one. Uh, had William Hurt in it. They made a follow-up miniseries afterwards that had um, James McAvoy in it. And Susan Sarandon of books two and three, Dune Messiah and Children of Dune, not parts two and three of the book as Tom the book is one? confused about. 
Yeah. So, so there's overall say, six talking... books in this series, correct? Uh, yes. No, there's like five sequels. But there's more. That would make six books in the series. There were three there's written more. by the original author, though. Right. There's <gasps> more because then his son wrote and expanded mm. some and also made some prequel books and other things with Kevin J. Anderson, who's most prominently Since known when? for, for uh, Star Wars um, expanded universe novels. Look, I don't know. This... I've had this book for probably Frank close Herbert to a decade. Almost all of these. Frank Herbert wrote Dune, Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, God Emperor, Emperor, of, Dune, Emperor of Dune, and then Heretics Dune, Dune, and then chap, uh, Chapter House Dune. Are these all books so that's six on their books. own? Real that books, have books so, inside of books? Yes. Didn't I say so? I don't know. I haven't read them, but <clears throat> these are all six individually bound <laughs> components. Novels, if you will. Uh, Anyways. Novels. I was going to say, I didn't realize there were that many uh, when I first read this. I read this, I don't know, like I said, maybe 10 years ago. And this has still been the only book I've read in the series. And I forgot about it until this time on how quickly it just wraps up. Oh, I suppose we'll get to that. Yes. We'll get to that. That's one of my main critiques to, to it. I have some critiques. But first of all, fun fact. Did you know that the Oregon Dunes near Florence, Oregon, were the inspiration for Arrakis? There's dunes in Oregon? I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, there's... That's yeah. cool. Well, by the ocean. Wow. I should go out there and check them out. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know dunes existed in um, the United States. Oh. Yeah. So, so oh, Neil. There's like sand dunes. Anyway. <laughs> we can't talk about dunes the whole time we're talking about dune. Come on now. The book's called Dune. <laughs> okay, fair. So Neil didn't read it, but he's read it before. So a long, a long, long. Let's have Neil give a synopsis. No, yeah, what, sure. Let's have Neil give Neil a synopsis. What does Neil remember? Or what does he remember from when he read it the first time? I don't really remember anything about Dune. And I never saw the movie, the 80s movie, although that was the one that was most prevalent when I was growing up. Like, And Marty said it was bad, but a lot of people kind of didn't mind it. Like he said, it had kind of an 80s charm to it. Um, it seems like a movie that could have like a cult following. It's a so yes. bad it's good yeah. film. Yeah. Right. But all I really remember about Doom was just some lots of politics and goofing about around spice stuff and just I don't really remember much about it. That's like all I remember. I think that's about it's what like, it is though. Yeah. Like, I would say goofing about was not gonna be in my list of like, words to describe this book. It was like Cause I don't think Paul ever has a moment of fun. Well would you? No, no. So who's Paul? Paul's, Someone tell me who Paul is. Paul, wasn't Paul the guy who was the the, the power guy, right? The, the guy that had the he was the chosen power he guy. was the chosen one, right? He's the power the chosen yeah, one. He's the chosen one of power he's bottom. the Matrix of Doom, right? Quizak. <laughs> yeah. He is Yeah, what is that word? He's said? the son of Jessica and the Duke. Um, Lady Jessica. Duke? She has a title. The, the Lady and Jessica. It's Duke, Leto? Duke Leto. You brought him up okay, already. Yeah. So he's the son of them. Okay. Uh, so he's a son, and he's a he's a quiche something. And he's a 
Quisatz Hatterash? Quisatz Hatterash. And the place Dune yeah. has inhabitants that are like, they're, uh, what, native to Arrakis, which is the actual planet Dune, right? And yeah. correct yes. me if I'm wrong here, but the, the native ha- inhabitants, they believe that Paul is the chosen one, right? Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. They have their own kind now of that you said prophecy. Because I don't think that's talking about we, before we got that, characters is to get through here. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, I didn't want to get too deep right. on that. I don't. Um, you were talking about being the, person, say, the chosen one, but is th- this is the problem? The book throws you into like a hundred different characters right off the bat there, and you're trying to make sense of it, <clears> and throat> to throat> get anywhere with the discussion, you have to have some idea of where it's going. So I think you know it's fair starting off with Paul. And who he is. Um, and he's like the Atreides family. There's all these families that they're like lords with their servants. Yeah, it's like, it's like a feudal system, right? Mm-hmm. It's a feudal, feudal system. Feudal system so in space. He's in a, he's a fancy boy. A fancy <laughs> family. So he's he going to be the next boy. Duke. He, he's kind of a big deal. So, so Paul and his family weren't originally on Dune, right? Or Arrakis. Right. Yeah, there's they very were little else. dunes in this story. Yeah, they're on um, some nice green planet called Caladan. They were on the ocean mm. planet Caladan. Is it an ocean planet? It's a green that planet. That is what Wikipedia says. Well, huh. o- more ocean. Well, that's yeah. just unfortunate. Why? The ocean's great. Have you ever seen the movie? Anyway. Amanda, What's it? Interstellar? Is that the one that had the giant waves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That ocean when they also lost like eight years of their life. Yeah, that ocean Every planet wasn't was too great. Seven Seven minutes or something. Yeah. Something like that. So not every ocean planet is all glory. Bye. <laughs> anyway, the Atreides family were riding high on their ocean green planet. They were rich, whatever. And then they get told by the emperor that they gotta go switch places with its other family and go live on Arrakis, the desert butthole planet that sucks. Well, I think that's that's fair. The people that they were replacing, they were having a feud with that house. And it's in the background. House Harkonnen, the bad guys. I think it's in the background. I, I, Does I can't it, exactly it remember. I think it's in the background. Harkonnen? I think it's Harkonnen. It's Harkonnen in the audiobook. Oh. Yeah. I like Harkonnen. Uh, Harkonnen so, it is. Harkonnen. <laughs> um, Wikipedia did not give me a pronunciation guide. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it comes up somehow that the Harkonnens were pulling the strings to get yeah. the Atreides family to move because they want that family line to fail. Right. That's so... But I'm not sure why the Atreides would fail because apparently Iraq is actually is a great place to live because of the spice. Yeah, well, the spice must flow. That's like the thing that needs to happen like you need it for interstellar travel and it become it's and like addictive like nicotine like it's in your diet and you need it once, once you start taking it right if you don't yeah. i mean if you don't yeah. take it before then then you don't need it but once you start you can't stop or else you'll die right right and it, and it, and yeah. when taken it heightens all your senses and and all sorts of Turns stuff. Your eyes awareness and it's like your, alcohol. Yeah, your your what? eyes are blue on blue. <laughs> exactly. I'd say more like crack, yeah. but uh, <laughs> that's what it's it is. Spice. The spice uh, is melange, right? Yeah, melange spice. 
what they call it. And it's necessary for space travel as well, which I think he kind of did space travel kind of cool about how, what? Did I not say that, Hannah? Wait, so. All I heard was melange is a spice. (laughs) Oh. So why do you need it for space travel? It's called melange, but they use spice interchangeably. Because it does open up your mind and whatnot. It feels like, can I remember, like, the idea of piloting a spaceship is all about just seeing into the different dimensions, less like driving a car. Is that correct? Well, so I guess, oh, geez, there's too much to talk about on an episode because, I mean, technology is weird on this in, in this whole universe as well. They're battling with, like, swords yeah, still. I barely call this a sci-fi. Yeah, being, well, no, I, being the guy that didn't... This... Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I say being the guy that didn't read the book, I was just reading the Wikipedia stuff, and it's considered soft sci-fi, um, and apparently the author deliberately kept technology very soft in the story. It's more of a of a mythology, I guess like a Star Wars without the technology, right? Like a... Mm-hmm. Um, a messiah slash hero story but it's not considered really hard sci-fi um, and some people say they don't consider it sci-fi so it's kind of like well then people, why would the some do cover some of this book say science fiction supreme masterpiece I think it's I have things well, to say about it's that obviously, as well. obviously a marketing uh, thing but I think it also works. just because it's set in the future um some people consider there it sci-fi, is space but travel. yeah, and other people that um, maybe are more into sci-fi don't consider it sci-fi because it's not necessarily um, like I guess you know just narratively maybe or you know story-wise it seems like more of a hero's tale. Um, With like it, some fantasy, it is. I mean, yeah, it, it's and about, I, I've always felt the same way about Star Wars. Not all the subsequent Star Wars stuff, I get that, but the very original Star Wars was really not sci-fi. I mean, it was just space opera. It was just a, it was just a hero story in space. It wasn't science fiction. It's kind of very similar. And George yeah. Lucas has gone on record to say that Dune played a part in his inspiration for Star Wars. Yeah. Because I think science fiction usually strives to suggest alternate futures that are, you know, and propose different technologies and different, um, uh, whatever, just uh, more radicalized, maybe radical or out of the box stuff. I, I, you know, like it's easy to take the world we live in and the basic stories we have of, say, you know, Beowulf and throw it into space and call it sci-fi versus um, writing something like Neuromancer or some kind of sci-fi novel that's more um, scientific, I guess. The technology yeah. is just not there. The technology is not hard. It's not It's not the centerpiece of the story. I mean, it, yeah. does, no, no, it, I- it does address it in the book, too, a little bit. They talk a little bit about why it, why there's no technology. Why was that? Okay. Sure, why? sure. Right. <laughs> I kind of missed that. <laughs> well, I don't remember that fill part. Fill us in, Marty. Um, I forget where it was exactly, but they do talk about how there's um, no robots, no um, AI or other things. I think it was when I they're talking about the that. guild for like navigation and stuff. Oh, because, space guild. Um, oh yeah. With that, there was in 
it's in no, other parts machines. and it fills fills in but there was an ai uprising and so they made a law to kill or not make any ai yeah, machines I, I, again as someone who didn't read the whole thing i remember in the first seven chapters <laughs> <laughs> the most the quote that stood out to me the most was the one um it was something along the lines of no about how it is a sin or how it is uh, something about the simulation of a trying to simulate the mind of another of another man in an artificial way and they referenced the yeah they referenced that That's it. yeah it was something like that the quote was much better than I just said it's a really good quote um, I'll look it up while you guys <laughs> and go I've, ahead I've done some background and what they're actually addressing is it's called the Butler War where they had robots that were like servant robots, and then is they, this in this book? It, it's in the background, and I, I did a little bit more research, but I'm, I'm talking about it. Jeez. Um. So they just that's why there's that's why the weapons are knives. There's not there's they have, well they have or, shields that would stop they them. They have some things like the shield. Energy shields. Oh, God. Anyone listening to this has no idea what's going on. <laughs> Let's get back to the basics here. Okay. All right. But here's yeah. a good quote. This Paul. was the quote. This was the quote, which is awesome. Which oh, was, okay. Once men turn their thinking over to machines in the hope that this will set them free, but that only permitted other men with machines to enslave them. And then... That's a and really then, good quote. And then uh, the story yes, goes yes. on to say something along the lines of... Um, how that's bad and they 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 banned it there's no good for that i mean it sounds bad yeah um so we're we're in this society with little technology in terms of you know computation or i guess ai right but they're still able to get to other planets um and you have atreides taking over this planet arrakis from the harkonnens all in the harkonnens harkonnens the movie will tell us. And we later learned that was actually set up by the head Har- Harkonnen dude in order the to Baron. take him down. The Baron. The pedophile Baron. The fat yeah. pedophile Baron. If we didn't get that hammered over our head, then he was very fat. Who has a levitating yeah, so like, chair. His Baron His guy had electronic suspenders. That, yeah, like, they barely yeah. work. Um, so, Who, anywho. Who's playing, who's playing him in the movie? Uh, still in Scar's Garden. playing him. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Very good. Okay. Okay, I found the quote. Sorry. I'll say, I hate it. The quote? That wasn't it? The quote. No, 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 that wasn't the quote. The quote I was going to, <laughs> they said, thou, thou shalt not make a machine in the likeness of a man's mind, said Paul. Okay, and I that's like... what Paul, I think Paul said that. Oh, Polly boy. Oh, Polly. Fancy boy. Oh, fancy boy. Um, yeah, so your that first quote was better, but the the Baron um, Harkonnen sets up this this plan to take down the Atreides. Right. That's why yes. they get sent to Arca, Arca, whatever, Dune, Arrakis, right. Arrakis. <laughs> and so Marty's brought up this term, Quisatz Hadarak, and before they leave Caladan, this Paul guy meets the Reverend Mother. Or is it the Reverend Mother? Yeah, the Reverend Mother. Yeah. What was her name? Bo- Mohaim? Gaius Helen Mohaim. Yeah. Oh, geez. This is going to be rough with the names. Yeah. Just and call she tests to see Mother. if he's an animal. 
right? Reverend Mother. Yeah. It's, or I this, guess this test like, to see if he's human. Was that the one of the like, box? Yeah, yeah, yeah see if he's actually human. Was that the box Which, test? When I f- yes. Yeah, the box test. I didn't know what And so when I first read that, that, you know, and I was reminded of it this time, when I first read it, I was like, what do you mean? Like, is there a big animal problem? But you learn later on that it's not it's not about necessarily animals, but animal instincts. Because you later learn with this uh, Benny Gesserit. Who wants to describe Benny, the Benny Gesserit? Okay, I got you. I got you. I, I you think Benny Gesserit, yeah. but okay, go. Uh, the Benny Gesserit are essentially, in simplified terms, the equivalent to the Jedi. Of kind of the of the system, they have. I can always trust you to bring it back to Star Wars. <laughs> I was gonna say, I appreciate nuts. it. I like it. It's good. <laughs> but, uh, well, they're they're kind of more women, of like a religious thing. Yeah. They're women that have foresight and they can kind of see a little bit into the future. They no, they're can, selective. They're selectively bred, aren't but they? But I will say, yeah, they they breed selective. They have control of their body and thoughts, and so like they can. Um, so they have breeding program that they can. Um, like That's not use weird. their body to give birth to specific genders, and then they can do other um, mystical things. They can um, they have a um, a pseudo mind control or like a Jedi mind trick of using their voice that in like makes someone submit to their will when they use this voice. And so mm-hmm. the equivalent with the Bene Gesserit is that they're. They're Jedi. They're not necessarily good, but they're on the side of like the Emperor, um, who's ruling over the galaxy and is allowing this plot between the Harkon- Harkonnens and the Atreides to play out. Harkonnen. So they're Harkonnen. They're there. They're like advisory. Oh, they are advisory, I guess. Kind of thing. It seems like they do work for the Emperor, but they have their own agenda. Yeah, well, and, and and I think the Bene Gesserit, you know, will would be around with or without the Emperor. And it's the also right. the same with the the spice uh, or the the um, the guild the um, the guild that travels controls space travel. Space oh guild. yeah, it doesn't. That's it. Yeah, it doesn't care who the Emperor is. Just it will keep working. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand how you have the name Bene Gesserit and then you just have Space Guild. I don't understand how there's a Paul in there and a Jessica, and then you get all these other Jessica! cool names. Jessica! Jessica is the worst fucking name for the, a fantasy the, novel. The names in the book kind of bug me. I'm not going to lie. I wish they were I, uh, easier to read and understand. Jessica! I wish they were all hard or they're all easy. Yeah. None of this mix and match mix. bullshit. That's fair. I, Jessica I, just reminds me of Jessica's I know. I don't mind it, though. And Paul is my my dad and my brother. I don't, so I didn't love it. I don't mind it because it really named Thufir. Thufir, right? How? And then there's Jessica. There's Lido. <laughs> but guys, look at it this way: like as the story progresses, it becomes a fish out of water, where they have to assimilate into culture. So when they have basic Anglican-sounding names, it just Thufir makes them was from the same Atreides household, but he's not of royalty or of anything. So. So would I be like, royal since I have a boring Freeman name? Freeman don't have. Uh, With ooh, Marty's are we logic, all royal? it sounds like it. I'm, we're royal. I'm just saying, the, guys, I'll never be royal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to 
point out that it it, it it further expands the fish out of water when we get to the middle part of the book. And the whole planet have- has no water, Marty. What's a fish? <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I mean a worm? I don't think they needed I don't a worm out of water. A worm in, a a worm in water a worm where it will drown. But it's it's a worm uh, out of sand. We're not Look in guys, Kansas as anymore. someone who didn't read the book, who's more <laughs> who's I guess effectively more of a listener than a contributor. I have no fucking yes. idea if I want to buy this book, read this book, what this book is about, or anything to do with this book. <laughs> yeah, we're well, not no, here's I guess here's the deal. You know, no, we, we so, ask our listeners to read along with us. That's so true. they should know what's going on somewhere. And if they don't, then they but, clearly failed. Yeah. Or yeah. or they're going to listen yeah. to this and be like, hmm, this sounds like something I could get into. Maybe I'll pick it up and read or, it. Or, hmm. I feel this bad for like the guy that's... confusing garbage. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy that's like Neil that doesn't actually want to read it, but is looking for some sort of spark note. And he listens to our podcast and tries oh to do God. a book report on it. No, I'm not trying to do a book report. I'm trying to understand from... I'm trying to listen to what you're saying and think... You just said What's you were going to watch the miniseries a couple weeks ago. Maybe that hasn't come out yet. But no, I, I, what miniseries? I thought it was a movie. Oh, geez. I don't know. Do you I listen know. to anything that I say? You said there's a miniseries <laughs> that came out like years ago. Anyway, I, 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 anyway, I said it the tonight and I said it weeks ago. And you're like, yeah, maybe I'll watch that. Six uh, hours I did, is a, I did six get hours is a lot better than, than 18. I, I feel like I we, we summed up the, the first tenth of the book by saying that you have <laughs> the book. of the, the book of three books that they they get chosen. <laughs> what to, binding? They get chosen to go to the Arrakis, right? The planet Dune. <laughs> Look, they yeah, get told to go to, go to Arrakis. It's not really a choice. They have right. Like they know they have to because of the political intrigue or whatnot. Sure. The first tenth. 20th of the book? No, that's less. Whatever. A lot of the book is like 48 hours of them traveling to Arrakis and going to the like royal compound. So the first like half of the book is super detailed and you. Yeah. And you just like. It's a slog. Time is very slow. It really is. It's a little bit of a slog. It's a little bit of a slog. So, so Paul's not an animal. We find yeah. out. So, but he's also a mistake. He is a mistake because his mother, Lady Jessica, was a Bene Gesserit. And p- as part of the breeding program, they like send them the you can- them off to marry the rich dudes. And they're supposed yeah. to have daughters. And she right. knew she was having it. Was- and they know what they're having because she, she, she to has have body awareness. And she chose and to she have a son. she knew she was having a son. With- and she chose to have a Duke son. Leto. Right. Yes. So that's that's um, the beginning of the book. Wait, is He's that touched on later on in the book too? Yes. Yes. Okay, because I didn't catch it the first time around. We're uh, we're two chapters in. It's a long slog. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the front half of the book is a bit of a slog. Um, I feel like you get about a third in and something happens. Then, because about a third in is when the first betrayal happens. Uh, I feel like somewhere around there. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just like, oh, arrive. we're moving. Yeah, they arrive it on spells Dune. out what's going to happen right. they, pretty early. Yeah. I mean, yes. They arrive you on Dune this and book also, like shortly afterwards sh- is when it happens. I feel like. Yeah, but it does take them like 150 pages to like get to their compound and like eat dinner. Sure. And I would say. Uh, <laughs> I still don't even I remember say, how they got there. I don't. And that's one of my critiques the of the book. In the spaceships. 
Well, I guess Hold we'll on. get we'll get to critiques later, but uh, um, um, so should we keep trying to do that? Let's do the synopsis. <laughs> okay, so the first betrayal. Who wants to talk about the first betrayal? All right, this, I'll this, do this, it. this doctor. Okay, you got it. Okay, no, you <laughs> Wait, got it. Isn't there a betrayal before that on the spaceship? Uh, with Paul and oh, the, I don't know. Or is that afterwards with Paul and Jessica? Okay, I have no Paul and Jessica's relationship in this book is extremely confusing to me. Paul being the son, Jessica being the mother for listeners. Mm-hmm. Nah, I think I think uh, it's all part of this. I I don't know I don't, what you're talking about there. Okay, um, I, I, I don't know about something on a spaceship per se, but <laughs> some ship. I don't know. Anyways, Harkonnen it's, it's dude a giant worm. has an insider, this doctor, and this doctor really just wants to get back at the Harkonnen dude. But he sacrifices the relationship with the Atreides to do it. It's kind of what I gathered. The Harkonnens had half his wife. Is it Harkonnens or has... Harkon? I don't. I give Harkonnen. up. It's Harkonnen. Well, we're keeping it's these in now. We want it to be. Yes. Um, Doctor Yu's wife was captured by the Baron. I just won't even say the H word. Um. It's pretty obvious to readers that the wife's definitely dead, uh, but the Baron like keeps dangling this over Doctor Yu. If you give us the Atreides, you'll get your wife back, basically. Um, and she was a Benny Jester, right? I don't know. He no. was a Mentat, so he's a teacher he advisor. Yeah, but she was no. The Mentat was like Thurfir. Thurfir. Anyway, anyway, he's the inside man for the Baron because the Baron has something that he wants, basically. Um, but they're specifically trained not or to avoid such tactics. So why that? And that's why they would never suspect this doctor guy. I don't think Doctor Yu is a mentat. Doctor Yui, are it's in it's he, in there where he's not supposed to be. He's not a mentat, but he is trained with. I guess mental abilities on being able to avoid those kind of conflicts. Okay, fair. So it's like the Jedi's again, where you shouldn't marry and have a like someone significant other that will distract you. Anyway, so that's that's he, the whole point is that it's not that they're not going to suspect him of being the traitor. That's what that's mm-hmm. the important part of that because it comes into play. But he later. is. <laughs> Uh, I don't exactly remember what happens. Like he does. Wasn't there? Like wasn't a there snake or a knife or something that goes to Paul's bedroom? Oh, that's uh, a hunter seeker. So it's this uh, is like uh, Harry Potter and the Golden Snitch thing flying around. I was thinking it was Except like a knife. Uh, Star Wars Episode Two. Those weird worm things that came into uh, that's what I like oh, room. Yeah, that's true. It's more like a dart. Then it is oh, well. dark. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because it kind of follows. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, things get bad. Basically, the Harkonnens attack. Wait. This hunter seeker thing was supposed to kill Paul, but his mother has been training him since he was young in the Bene Gesserit ways. It's kind of like the Mentat ways, so he's also very good at controlling his mind and his body. So I don't remember exactly, but somehow he's able to control himself enough that. He didn't die, and the seeker didn't find him, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't Who is remember. this? 
Paul. This is Paul. Paul. This is Paul. Paul. This is Mary Paul's Sue. Asleep, slash Paul. Right? Wait, Mary Sue. Paul's a Mary Sue, but we can talk uh, about that yeah, later I'm, too. I, okay. Paul. Paul um, was like asleep, but he felt a disturbance in the force, and that's why he went out and yeah. found the dart. And he was like, "Oh God, this is coming to kill me. We're going to kill someone." I do remember something about how we had to just like stop moving or something. Oh yeah, yeah because the dart <laughs> senses movement. So if you don't move, but then some like so Oh, it killed the housekeeper no. that I thought was gonna have a bigger part of the story that she did not. And it, I think he oh, told I think he stops it. I think he told the housekeeper to stand still and it saved the housekeeper. And then they The housekeeper definitely died. Okay. Well Yeah, the housekeeper I, I don't mind. know Unless it was from something was else, another thin, attack though. or whatever. I think the housekeeper dies of another It might have been reason. the other attack, because like the Harkonnen's attack as well. Yeah, it was during the Har- Harkonnen attack when uh, I think it was the Duke, Leto, who found her and star- it starts with a T. We found them dead before he was... Thurper? A- <laughs> that wasn't Thurper. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was a different time. Wow, this is awful. Okay, I will say I thought the housekeeper, she was like a freeman, so she was a person of the planet. And her and like Jessica had a interaction. I thought she was going to play a much larger part in the book, and then she died very soon. Right. I guess we should touch on that. Wow. Um. Anywho, there's a lot in this. Maybe we, there's a lot in this. This first part, for especially. So, anywho, I guess the main point is Duke Leto dies. Whoa! 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 Yeah. That's yeah. Not in chapter that's, seven. That's like in the first two hundred pages. <laughs> You know, you Duke don't want to Leto talk dies. about the fake tooth Whoa. that the doctor gives him. Gives him. I was gonna oh, talk okay. about the fake tooth. Actually, you, well, you got you got a timeout because you're skipping over the whole world building part where they go out in the desert and they see the sandworms. And, and can I tee out for a second? Way less sandworm in this book than I expected. Same. <laughs> yep. Very two out of five. Not enough sandworm. Thought there was going to be way more. There's a fair amount, just not no, in the way not. that you typically would think. There's not that much this, sandworm, guys. This, this book should have had more sandworm where the lulls were. Yeah. They, Anywho, sandworm. <laughs> so you you they they need the spice to flow, and they have to harvest the spice out in the desert, and that's the whole reason people are there, and so. They go there, they're in um, like these airplane things they call thopters. They fly out and they see patches of spice. They land, they harvest it real quick. It's it's like the the worms, you come to find out they're called makers by the indigenous people, the Fremen. But the sandworms will then come and eat the spice as well. So it's like made by the by the sandworms and then it it's eaten by the sandworms. They poop so, it out. <laughs> I don't know how they make it. Oh my god, it's definitely spider worm poop. It pro- it's Space. probably worm poop. And Space then they, yeah. poop. they eat their own poop. Have you seen worm poop? It's kind of like dirt. <laughs> anyway. It's the spice melange. <laughs> so they go out and they see this uh um this uh spice uh out in the sand. And then they're trying to harvest it real quick and like sensors are not going off and they see that there's um, 
worm sign. They rescue, end up rescuing the people off the 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 mining part. Duke kind of puts himself in harm's way, da da da, gets everything all set, and as they're taking off, just so off, we know, the Duke's a very good guy. He is. He's 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 a like, he really is. compassionate, and that's one reason why um, the plot there's a plot to kill him or, or get rid of him is because the Emperor fears how popular he's going to be, and doesn't want people to rally and split allegiances. So with that, as they take off worm pops up eats the machine and everything is just massive it's pretty cool um scene in the book and yeah so you like you really get to see like that's a big character like moving that it's a rallying call that because there's natives that are there there's smugglers there's the workforce and everything like they're understanding that the atreides are good people and then it comes up will be very thing. different than the Harkonnens were to them. Who were very much more taskmasters, like work, you don't produce enough, you're going to work harder, you're going to get less kind of thing. So then they have um, um, an attack. Anna, you can talk about the attack. I mean, And I the assassination. I kind of gave a little bit away there. Wait, who was on the... the- Thopter that got eaten by the worm. Uh, no one. It was they rescued everybody off of the the um the machine that harvests the spice. It ate the machine that harvested the spice, not the thopter. Not the thopter. It's thopter. The thopter's flying. Yeah. Uh, okay. I thought, like a helicopter. Yeah. Well, didn't <laughs> they use that in the book or no? I thought they called yeah. it a helico- uh, like a helicopter or helicopter or something. I don't know. Ornithopter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, anywho, moving on. Moving on. This is the first two hundred pages. It's a slow mover in the beginning. Um. Anyway, the Doctor Yu, the betrayer. Yui. Is it Yui? Yeah. Okay, I don't know how to say any of these names. Um. Anyway. Well, He's Marty, you listened to, like, to the audiobook, right? Yes, and I've watched the miniseries. Both because I say keep Yui. saying, you keep saying chapter X. Like I don't remember chapter. There's no chapter numbers. Like there's there's distinct chapter breaks with quotes, but I don't. Yeah, from this, my Princess my version doesn't have any chapter numbers. It's very hard to keep track of where I'm at. Um, I was just joking that. Mm. Okay. I was joking about the 200 about pages, in, but not that in much. Chapter 7, because that's <laughs> where Neil got to. <laughs> um. Anywho, Dr. Yu does his job, what you think his job would be, which he drugs the Duke, brings him to the Baron. But he's been playing both sides the whole time, in a way. And so, like, as he's drugging the Duke before the Duke passes out, Dr. Yui, like, puts his tooth in his mouth, in the Duke's mouth that has, like, a poison gas. So he's supposed to crush it when he's near the Baron and it will kill them both. So um, that, and was he that, also, that was, like, a suicide thing, then? I think so, because I don't think there's any way he would have been able to survive Because, like, I, I thought it was that he was supposed to bite down on the tooth. The gas would then, you know, be emitted, and he blows it out at the Duke. Or at the Baron. At the Baron. I don't no, I kind of thought it was more of a suicide. And that's that, what I. That's. 
and that the Duke Leto knew that he was going to die this whole time, basically, like he could see behind the political machinations wh- and knew he was going to die this whole but time. But why was but... he just okay with this? The whole that whole plan. I guess because he didn't see any way to not, and he wanted but to set it up. Jessica for his tell him son. he was going to die because she knew he was going to die. Yeah. So did Paul. Uh, he, I don't the think Duke she knew told it was going to happen too. Because there's that whole conversation at the beginning with the with Reverend Mother and Jessica, where they're like, "It's happening." They don't spell it out, but he he literally says in there, "Like, I know it's a trap, but we gotta yeah, go." Yeah, but I have to go. The Emperor's telling me I gotta go, so I gotta go. Like, I know it's not gonna end well, but I'm ordered to do it, so I gotta do it. And I think a lot of it is so like he knows he'll die, but. Maybe Paul will have a chance. His son. Um, anywho, the Duke wakes up, remembers what Dr. Yue said. He does end up breaking the tooth, but the Baron gets too far away from him, so the gas doesn't reach him. So the Baron does not die in this, um, in this... What a waste. ...attempted murder. I know, what a waste. He did kill, like, two guards or something there, but that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And himself. And his Mentat, uh, right? Did his Mentat die? Yes. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, Piter. Yes. Piter dies. I thought he died. Oh. Piter died nice. that early. Okay. Mm-hmm. He gets another yep. one. Oh, yeah, he totally oh. does. Uh, What's a Mentat? Anyway, Dr. Oh, Yui also... <laughs> what? We gotta pick this up. We are not lively. I know. I'm trying to move around. I don't know why we did the Thopter thing. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Yui also was supposed yes, to kill that, that's Lee, it, Jessica, and Paul. He did not. And he actually provided a way for them to escape. And they go out into the desert in a thopter. Um, and, like, Dr. Yui leaves them, like, this, the, like, astronaut suits they'll need to survive in the desert and all that stuff. <laughs> well, what do you want to call it? Still suits. Still suits. <laughs> Yeah, what does that mean to someone who hasn't read this book? The, it collects the water, our water and our sweat. Our listeners should have read this book. Collects the water <laughs> that you would lose in the desert and that recycles it so you can drink it and prevent dehydration. Save your pee. I mean, I yeah. know what it does, but... <laughs> was, wasn't there also a whole plot point that Jessica... There was the, the rumor was spread that Jessica was the one that was in the plot to kill the Duke. Yes. yes, and that comes into play so, right into why, the doctor, doesn't it? Oh, it might. <laughs> no, we're gonna move off doctors. Anywho, one of the so Atreides though, that was, that was yeah. One of the dudes that worked for the Atreides survived the Baron attack, and no, he always suspected Lady Jessica of being a murderer, I guess, and so he started to go work for the Baron mm. instead because he wanted to get back at Lady Jessica. That plot goes nowhere. Wait, in this book? Are you kidding me? That, that plot went no, like, very far. I felt like I felt like that was a huge plot point. He was well, no, he was okay. real so real, are, real mad. There's oh. Thufir Hawa, and then there's Gurney Halleck. Gurney Halleck suspected Jessica, and later later accused her of it and realized he was wrong. Yeah, but that was later on in the book. Then right. there's Thufir Hawa. He went and he worked for the Baron. But I don't believe that he yeah, ever that, I don't think that assumed it was Jessica. No, he one hundred percent did. He did. He did? Yep. Oh yeah. He, he, he was 
already biased against her. Wasn't he putting uh, Fade Rautha and the Baron against each other, essentially? A little bit, but he wasn't to the... Um, so he's just there being a troll and didn't and trust anyone? And he thought was dead. Actually, he thought both of them were dead. But he didn't have... So why would it matter? A, he didn't have a job. I don't know. And so he wanted to be working to find out who the traitor was and whatnot. And the Baron right. essentially tricks him. And it was originally Gurney Halleck and Duncan Idaho who were suspicious I of Jessica. I Duncan Idaho. We haven't even talked about Duncan yet. You're going to bring that up Which right is, now. Which is, again, another <laughs> stupid name. We don't even... Wait, oh, I love it. It makes me think of a potato <laughs> <laughs> with a sword. <laughs> on on okay. the thought. Honestly, that part doesn't even matter that much. Tom, we're not talking about thoughters right but, now. But the on the thought there's somebody that tries to kill Jessica. I and... think that might have been um Yes, yes, because we haven't got to the to the revelation of what actually happens with the assassination. I thought this is like right after. I think right that's after. Gertie Halleck. No. This is later on. Did I skip 200 pages in the book? No, oh no, God. no, no. So what Tom is referring to is there is the, the Harkonnen plot to overthrow the um, the Atreides and kill them is they they have to make it look like the Harkonnen were the ones that were responsible for it. And so the emperor uses his own highly trained militaristic guard fighting force, which Sardines. is the most sauerkraut. The um, <laughs> oh, what are they called? Um, I like how we have different names. They're called Sardines. Like We're on the same page here. They're called Sardakar. and so slowly they bring in Sardakar forces, and they start infiltrating other parts so that they can lay lay this trap and spring it on him. And so that's one of the things is that Sardaukar ends up attacking. I'm concerned about time in this episode. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, we, we were concerned with time at the beginning when we started 40 minutes in. I know. <laughs> and I'm just like, some of this detail doesn't matter. It so, absolutely Because this matters. is a book club. We don't have to do an entire synopsis, which is why I wasn't going to let Marty do it. I would have been done with this a long time ago. No, you would not have. I would have. No, you okay. definitely oh okay. you Marty's, would not Marty's have. Marty's story. Okay. There's no you have, way. You have from, I guess, when Paul and Jessica escape to the end. Go. All right. So, Paul and Jessica, they get on a thopter. They fly into the desert. And they fly into a sandstorm to escape. Nice. The thopter crashes. They take refuge in some mountains as they try to run away from a sandworm. And while they're watching, or while they're crossing the desert, the Fremen are watching them pretty sloppily cross the desert that are attracting the worm. They in the rocks they find what's called a siege, which is where the Fremen are living, and it's the indigenous people. And so um, there's a kind of a trial by combat of things and Paul is challenged and uses the training from the Benny Gesserit mother that he's been learned or that he's learned all of his life to assimilate into the tribe at which point um, Paul also makes the revelation that Lady Jessica is actually a Harkonnen at birth and that one of uh, illegitimate daughter of the Baron that was taken away at youth and so that makes Paul 
essentially the um the grandson of Baron Harkonnen drama, right? So as we get moving through um the next that kind of culminates the first uh book, book 1 according to Tom, and then we move into book 2, which is really how Paul and Jessica um move and assimilate in the Harkman are in the Fremen tribe. And so that how they go about becoming one are one in there. And Lady Jessica then um takes on the role of the Reverend Mother um for the Fremen in that their Benny Jesuit was gonna die. And so they go through a ritual where she changes what's called the water of life, has kind of a hallucinic trance, um, drinks this poison water that's just so full of spice she changes it makes it so it's able to be drank and then they accept Ever her as clear into water yep so there's your your uh allegory or your miracle <laughs> then later on uh, as paul's rising up he changes his name he adopts uh the name of a creature how do you say this um i call it Maadib. 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 <laughs> Okay. And Madib. so, Madib, that's better. That's Madib. what he's known. And so, as they're going through and they're they're telling the story, there's whispers of Madib and how um, he's their savior and he's going to be the one who can see where where others cannot go. And is that the name of the guy that he killed? No, no, never mind. I forget. The, the name he of the just guy. had to choose. He need, he needed to choose a fremen name when they joined, like the siege. And he it's like a little a, mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a like the desert mouse. And so that's the name he chose for his like fremen name. And so they're going through, and he's leading them in kind of attacks, and he's growing in popularity and rising in the ranks to the point where there's another character who's the leader of the tribe. His name is Stilgar. I love Stilgar with all my heart. And Stilgar kind of becomes this pseudo second father to him. And I mean, is there anything else to add in the second part of the book? It goes pretty quick. Well, the reason why Jessica became the Reverend Mother was because Stilgar was trying to find a place for her in the tribe. Yeah. He was directing it all. Um, So I guess character building like you were going on with Leto earlier on. Well, and it. It, I believe section or book two ends with a rite of passage, right? Where he, I think so. Where Paul, so in order to travel and traverse the desert faster and go from region to region, um, the Fremen have a way of actually riding the sandworms. So they have hooks and they call them, call the worms, and then they climb up on top of them and they kind of steer and drive them. But that's how they move, and so at the very end of book two, that's kind of where Paul is like his rite of passage. And that that's one of the last tests of being like a true Fremen is to call and ride the worm solo and do this, which he is successful. in. and so then all of a sudden we go into book three and there's a time jump. Like there's a huge, like this first part is like four fifths of the book. And, and at least a half of it is them going to Arrakis and going to the desert and finally getting to the siege. But, I mean, in book one, part one, and book two, it doesn't happen instantaneous. Like, there, that's over a good chunk of time, too. It's like a year, six months, book one, and then 
book two is very a couple long. years. Yeah. But there's a definite time jump between it's book two jarring. and three to the point where Paul is no longer like a young teenager. He's like 20. He's a man. I miss that. So, That's because we that also one hundred percent missed the part where he got married to that girl that wait, really had no role. Wait, Jenny, she has a role. They were that was married. The what is her role? That was yeah. the daughter of the leader of the Fremen. He wasn't Stilgar's daughter. No, no, Doctor no, no. Kynes. Kynes. That was Leah. Oh, so Doctor Kynes the leader? and Leah. Yeah, he was. Um, I have things to say about Chani not having a real role, but okay, let's keep going. She has a very <laughs> She just role. like. What did she do? She married Paul. Uh, she gave birth to Leto. He saw her. Oh, yes, she's a womb. He saw her in his dreams, dreams. prior to that. Prior but to actually was, meeting her, she was actually a badass before she met Paul. And she's still like, a badass. She did nothing after she met Paul. She was gonna take on. All right, Fade. you can't complain. There's too much in the book, anything. and then complain she, that she didn't she have a bigger have, part. No, I'm complaining about this because there's too much in the other part. And then, like, she, what we hear about it when we meet her is that she's badass. She's in Stilgar's troop going around the desert. She's super great at it. And then she's just like, oh, well, go live with all the women and have your kid. And, like, she said she'd fight Fared, but she doesn't. Like. Because he doesn't let her. Oh, big man, fancy boy. Because but, like, he gets challenged she, in a one-on-one duel. I know. Like, it, she can't fight him. That's stupid. But. But literally, Gurney was going to do it too, and he said no. I know, and neither one of them should have volunteered. That was stupid. It was obviously. Did you want her to fight or not? No, I just want her to do something besides just stay by herself out in the outer lands and just wait to hear from Paul. She did. No, she did not. <laughs> She's with him like the whole time, doing and the, almost nothing. And the one time that she's not. Doing or anything with her with with Leto too, yeah. Leto, which uh, Paul's son, Paul's son, who we never meet and who spoiler dies, and I forgot he had a son because we never fucking met him. So book three starts, and we find <laughs> out that Paul has a son named Leto too. We never meet him. Who never gets older than two? <laughs> He's not a not a. Not He's a not thing. a character I guess, that matters. I guess matters. that's the jump between book two and three is two years okay. then. It's been two but, years. Because the other one is that Lady Jessica is pregnant this whole time in the books one and two. Yes. And um, she has a daughter. Sorry, Marty. But I have yes. to say this. She has a daughter that also plays no fucking role. I don't understand. Anyway. No role? Uh, if you know the other books, she plays a pretty significant role. Maybe she plays a little bit more of a role then because like the role that she played in... Alia, how do you say her name? Alia, 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 like the pop um, star. That's how I say it in my head, but I figured that couldn't be right. Um, the role that she plays in this first book, at least, it seems like there was a lot of talk building her up for nothing. Can I can I finish the synopsis and then we'll get into the oh character yeah, Marty, sure. Here, because I'm going to be accused of taking too long. Yeah, no, this so is we not get your into fault, book three. This is all You're taking fault. too long. Um. Paul is now essentially risen to be equal power Stilgar. He decides that he comes up with this plan that he can't challenge Stilgar who for leadership of the tribe. And he comes up with this plan that he's not just the leader of the tribe, but he's actually their Duke. And so it's a rallying call. So he actually unites all the Fremen and they've been launching raids and really undermining 
uh, Harkonnen uh, rule on Arrakis and making spice production and everything else go down so so steeply that the Space Guild, the Bene Gesserit, they're all looking and like trying to buy up space from our spice from smugglers and it's kind of destabilizing the whole network. And so those two factions are getting very, very nervous of what's happening on Arrakis. And so it's kind of making uneasy tension between the Emperor and the Harkonnen and the Baron. And so what ends up happening, Paul says that he's their Duke, rallies all the Fremen. He goes and he decides that he's going to take the water of life because in part of the Messiah, part of their religion is the Kwisak Haderach, which is the one or Bene Gesserit person who's a male who can see into the spaces where the Bene Gesserit are like, they can't look. It's too something that they're, they're scared. They're overpowered. Like they just can't do it. So he goes, takes the water of life to change the water, falls into a coma. But this is all told in a back story as if he's as uh, when Chani and like they bring Chani to kind of revive him because he's been in a coma essentially for a couple. Chani's the one who does nothing. Yeah. Well, she does have a son and she marries Paul, but the son dies. So does it count? So from there, <laughs> he wakes up, he, he changes the water and he goes, the emperor's here. Which, because of all the destabilization, the emperor has picked up and decided to move the imperial castle to Arrakis. And so, it sets up kind of this final showdown and everything. And it leads Paul and the Fremen to then launch an attack on the city of Arakeen, where they take over and they kill um, the... The Harkonnen, um, um, what's his name? Ralpha? Ralph? Not, it's not uh, Fade. Wait, it's... No, Fade is later. Are you talking about Fade the Baron? Later. No, the, the, no, the other nephew. The Baron puts that other guy oh, in charge oh, uh, for a Robin. while. Yeah. Robin? Yeah. So he's this um, subordinate. He's not very bright and he wants to rile, like, rile up the Fremen that they hate him so much so he can kill him and put in Fade. They overtake Arakeen uh, after the Emperor lands. They use sandworms. They use a whole bunch of things. And they make an attack. And it really essentially forces a truce, like, meeting between the Emperor and Paul. And they have this face-to-face -face meeting. Uh, and in the attack, um, sorry, leading up to the attack, uh, Paul's sister, the six-year-old or younger who Hannah says does nothing. Two-year-old. Gets. I didn't say she does nothing. I just felt like her buildup. Any you character she could have done nothing. what she did. No, I said Chani does nothing. So they they capture her. They bring her before the Imperial Court, and then she tells the Baron. She meets the Baron. She's never met him before. That um, you're my grandfather. And then the Betty Jesuit pop out, and they're like. This is an abomination. She's like so corrupted with spice because Jessica changed the water, uh, the spice water with her in the womb. And so it effectively changed the daughter and gave the daughter presight. Yeah, that's what it's called, presight. And so the Bene Gesserit are completely afraid of her. 
and just know that she's going to be bad news. Fast forward. Or spoiler nothing alert. at all. Spoiler alert. There you go. And then uh, in the attack, the Baron dies from a poison uh, Gunjabar dart that Aaliyah has because she does nothing. I didn't say she does nothing. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm just sure saying. you did. <laughs> and from there, so the Baron is dead. <laughs> the Imperial Court is shattered, like everything. They bring the Emperor to before Paul as he's sitting in, in the throne room. And he's like, well, you, you're going to hand over the keys to the kingdom or I'm going to destroy the spice. I'm going to make it so Arrakis and it freaks everybody else out. So true power isn't the one who controls it, but the one who can destroy something. So we get a lot of quotes, fear is the mind killer, uh, desert power, other things in the book. And we go from there. Um, ends up being that the emperor allows Fade, the Baron's nephew, to stand up and challenge Paul in a duel um, to the death to see what's going to happen. And then they have a battle. Paul uses his skills. It looks like he's going to lose. Um, and it's definitely ends up, not. He, uh, he ends up killing Fade. At which point the emperor has no choice, but because Chani doesn't marry by um, doesn't marry Paul, so that Paul can essentially because remember it is a feudal society to force a peace treaty between the emperor and Paul by marrying Princess Irulan, who is the emperor's daughter. So that way it kind of does this uneasy truth, and Paul becomes or essentially is now the emperor and the emperor has to renounce his titles and it ends uh kind of in a somber note because you kind of feel bad for cheney because um like she's never going to be married to paul but they understand that she's going to be his companion in life um so it kind of gives a little thing to that nod to that that Erlon will have Paul's name, but will not share his bed or children or anything, but it'll be the concubine Chani who will be the one. That's how Dune ends. So did I Quickly. miss anything? There we go. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the only thing I think worth bringing up is the Fremen are actively, aren't they trying to make Dune not a desert planet? A yes. little bit, yeah. Through, through well, their, their collection of water, yeah. 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 And Kynes, like, gave them a stream. Can I say what I liked and didn't like? Tell, tell us everything you didn't like, because I know you're going to focus on that. You already lost Neil and Tom. Well, I'm going to say it. This is the best book we've read for book club. I would agree I with that. Like, I did like the hot zone. There are parts in this book that I didn't like it. But I kept reading it because I was interested. So, like, it's entertaining, which I could not say about wow. Um, I'll say the time jump is jarring. And the last quarter of the book, when they're doing the fight, like, the last, that part happens super fucking fast. It's just like, oh, okay, they had a fight. They had Bert. Now he's, like, it just, the time shifts and how much time Frank spends on some farts versus others is very jarring. I did not like that. Frank just expects you to deal with it, alright? 
Oh, Frank can suck my dick. He's dead. I would agree with you. That, I would agree with you, Hannah, because the first, the book one, according to Tom. Like, takes, half of the book. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely lopsided. And there could have easily been another 200 pages to this book. Because book two and three do go by so fast. And that is my big critique is that we spend so much time world building. And it's like, no, I want to know more about in books two and three. So I think they could have But where, yeah, where's the appendices? And a quarter of that, that is book? the appendices. Um, There's book one. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's close to half. Half the book. Half, yeah. It's a lot of the book dedicated to... 48 hours, basically. It's not 48 hours. It's They're like six months 72. to a year. No, it's not. Because they, they get to... They get to our... Arrakis? Uh, Arrakis, damn. They get to Arrakis. <laughs> they find the castle. They get attacked. They go into the desert. They find Stilgar. That part takes a long time. No, because they have they start Duncan on Calvin. Idaho. Well, yeah. Well, they have to... They Makes give Duncan Idaho to the Fremen, which we didn't even talk about Duncan. But it's fine. they give that. And one of the reasons that Stilgar trusts Paul and the Atreides is because they fight he fights multiple fights with Duncan in the time that he joins their tribe and when Paul and Lady Jessica like he fights good. We want him in our tribe. Like it happens. Mr. Potato is my second favorite character. Then you should read the other ones because he comes back. <laughs> okay. But um, so it, anyway, the it, time... it's not it's not three days. There's months. That but this then takes once again, over. then it's definitely his. Uh, so the writing style you don't appreciate because the writing it doesn't style because I didn't realize it was you. months either. No, it's just like this book is very engaging at times, and at other times it's very distant and boring. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Maybe we should let Tom go. He has to it was, do something was, tomorrow morning early. It was gripping during the suspenseful scenes and a lot of stuff was going on, but I feel like, I don't know, there's too much. I, I just feel like it wasn't fluid. Like a lot of the. A it lot wasn't of the fluid, I feel like, with the time. There was well, like two. Like, the lows were like too long. <laughs> well, like I said. It ends up being part of a six book series, maybe more, but I think he had that intention of it being more, and so he did a lot of the world building in this book to set it up. I would agree with that, especially in the first half like i I think i will I guess I c- could agree with that if it does carry on to the rest of the books, but it's a hard way to start the first book of a series for someone that doesn't know there's more books. I think I'm interested enough to go back through and reread this. I mean, I listened to it on audible and I was trying to like squeeze it in and really rush through it. So I couldn't take the time to necessarily go back and listen to different things that maybe I didn't pick up on the first time through. So I don't want to make it like I take my review of it with a grain of salt, but um, I found it entertaining at times and other times extremely boring. So and I, I can I, agree I, with this because 
Yeah. Enough entertaining that I This is my, this is my like. second read through of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember the first time probably having about the same feelings you had about it. Like, well, I mean, I like parts of it, but obviously I've never read the second book. You know, sure. I've never continued on with the series. But after reading it a second time and kind of catching a little bit more, I definitely want to continue on with the second book and, yeah. and continue with the series. And I haven't read the second book or the third book, but I've watched the second miniseries that came out and like... Hannah complains about Leah. She becomes in book three the main antagonist. Okay, but I'm allowed she kills to complain. The I'm allowed to complain about Aaliyah in the first book because I, I know there's gonna be a third book. Most people read the first book. I don't she, even like when Dune was published, he hadn't he didn't have the other books written, so like no one knew that this story was gonna keep going. Right. But it's still a two year old that has the pre-side, I guess, and has all the knowledge of the Reverend Mothers, and she's smarter she than has, most everyone in the book. She has one of the most old. terrifying characters in the book, the Reverend Mother, from the beginning of the book, essentially like screaming at her, like, get her away, kill her, she's, she's bad news bears, like, get rid of her. And there's like, she's a child, what, what, what can she do? And then she wreaks havoc. I will she say in, in the miniseries, when they see like a sandstorm or whatever coming in the castle, she like turns around and does like this. Um, he's here. My brother's coming. Like a very like horror movie. Yeah, creepy like, little girl thing. voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. We, we, we never really talked about the sandstorms because apparently sandstorms like will eat a person alive. Well, yes. Been in the sandstorm? No, I... But it's pretty cool he's worse than he's still there. alive, right? How many sandstorms sand have you? Dust storm is in a sandstorm, I imagine. Well, there's there's what Habib's or what are they called? This is this is like glass flying through the air that's going to shred yeah. your skin apart and kill you, though. That's all um, I have to say about that. <laughs> Tom, are you tired? Yes. Because <laughs> I haven't finished saying all the things I have to complain about this book, Go but. For uh, it. You don't have to be here for it. I want to hear all your complaints. No, I do too. I I will. Well, sit I actually here. think too that like it took me a while to get in. Probably the first fifty pages, it took me a while to get into the book. But then I didn't mind that it was going a little slower, which made the time jumps more jarring. And I think that's why it felt very lopsided. Uh, Paul is boring. I is the mate. A major problem. Paul is the most boring, uninteresting protagonist in the fucking world. Because hey, guess what? So is Luke Skywalker in a, in a New Hope, which is why everyone fucking likes Han Solo and Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca. Uh, well, what was like it like at the end? Of, at at um, the end of the first book, in this book, all of a sudden Paul just starts acting differently and thinking about everything differently. Like in a his- more, but he gets worse. Uh, yeah, no, it gets worse. You know, at first he's kind of young, and but as he grows up, he just becomes more of a egghead, I guess. <laughs> he, he's just he's no, very he's there's nothing. I don't like him, but I don't dislike him. But what about he's not, like, like he has like the he call him an egghead, but like he killed a guy, and then what was it during like the funeral? I know there was like a scene that 
took his everyone, everyone was going around talking about how they were a friend of the person and nobody was really supposed to mourn um or i guess cry for that but like he he had feelings that like he didn't necessarily want to kill the guy but he was challenged in a duel and he right I don't know. well you're not supposed to cry because water's so important there yeah and it comes in later because like, then he's like i don't want to kill stilgar either Mm-hmm. God, I love still guy. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want. Don't want to go into a fight. Would you chip your knife before you go into a fight? Um, but I think Paul's boring. He's has never had a moment of fun in his life, and he gets worse and worse the more powers that he has. Like more and more, like oh, woe is me. I have like the pre-sight or whatever. And like, let me tell you what a Mary Sue is. A Mary Sue is in fan fiction where someone writes the main character to have every single power and nothing like they can go compete they can be anything never for one moment was i afraid for paul paul was going to be fine paul got all the powers i can see paul i can see uh this being a teenage boy's wet dream because this is like a young boy being the most powerful person in the entire universe i guess person of power from his position but he's also seeing what it could lead to with that foresight he has or pre-sight yeah but it, he didn't it didn't nothing happened well no because it ended in like two pages i know that was a fast but like he saw that the emperor was there he knew even, he came out of the coma the, like, he knew he was there i'm gonna say even his like that's a lot of information to see all like the time past and all the time forward and all the past it's like there's like dr nothing- strange there's nothing in Paul that I'm just like interested in where I'm never worried about him. The other thing, I don't mind this per se, but I'll say this book never really writes any sort of like cliffhanger because you know from the beginning, basically, Dr. Yue, what's his name? Yua? Yui? Yui? He's yeah. a traitor. That you was one Paul's thing I did forget. That going they to gave away the plan so early. Ma Dib. You know all this stuff is going to happen. So it's, <laughs> Ma, it takes... Ma Dib. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Ma Dib is what I said in my head. <laughs> um, I, I feel like we need to rewrite that, uh, that song. Ma Dib. <laughs> Ma Dib. <laughs> um, which I don't care that much about, but when you're protagonist is also extremely bland then there's not as much like the person i cared the most about was stilgar because he seemed like he actually had like human characteristics i also way did not understand how paul kept thinking that lady jessica his mother was the enemy and then nothing came of that that's a dark ass beer marty is that just molasses He is Jesus. Uh, so currently Marty is pouring motor oil, used yeah. motor oil into a glass. <laughs> and he's really pleased about it. I didn't realize I grabbed the stout. Fuck. <laughs> oh, that was a sub- Oh, you- <laughs> it's I feel be good. like we should let Tom and Neil go. <laughs> I thought that was another uh, sponsor that you had there. <laughs> I I mean, I I don't think we could talk about this movie or this movie, this this book we could talk about for another six hours because it is so condensed in the details. Well, and we're going to talk about it after we watch the movie too. So 
That's true. I, I feel um, like this book would be great on film. I think the movie is going to be really good. And Tom, I think we'll get our sandworms. I think we will, because that's what's well, going to sell the movies. And it's it's been like the hardest book of science fiction to put to film. Like again, there was a. It says it's had failed attempts, but I don't think it's the hardest. But I also don't think you need to take everything from this book when you do the film adaption. It's not all necessary. There's a not lot. Of, there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of fluff. Yeah, but th- I mean that's that's what you get when you work with different mediums. I mean, when you're working with a movie and you know you're going to have X amount of sequels, you don't have to throw everything in there. You know, I feel like you, that's you what do kind so of much happened more with the book. Yeah, I do feel like it's what kind of happened in the '80s movie is that they were trying to be super true to the book, but the book's hard to get into. Well, which made the movie hard to get into as well. And the new movie, I mean, Denny Villeneuve, great visual director, Arrival, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Forget what else he's done. So it's going to be a beautiful film, but. He's making the conscious choice to split and only do the first part. So I think he's doing only book one of this film. Yeah. Whereas, like, the miniseries is six hours long, so they can cover and put in a lot. Where the 1980 movie, I think it's only like two hours. So to put a very dense book and how dense the first part of the book is, like, I I would equate this to being like the space equivalent of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I can see that. Which is why I feel like a extended version wouldn't be a terrible idea cuz not everyone wants to see it, but I love the extended version of Lord of the Rings. Like The Hobbit didn't need to be three movies. No. This needs to be two <laughs> movies at least. So that's where I'm at. It's only 137 minutes the 80s movie. Do we know anyway. the runtime of the new one? It's like three hours. Yeah, okay. I was going to guess, but whatever. Well, I don't know the exact time. Guess guess away. I was going to say two hours and 48 minutes, because I think it's, that that's what the new Bond movie was. It's 155 minutes. Someone do the conversion. Two and a half <laughs> hours. Wait, wait, wait. The, the new one is? The new Dune is 155 minutes. It's like two and a half hours. Oh, okay. Well, That's what I was going to guess. That seems long enough for half of a book. <laughs> um, I, get, I don't know. I would definitely recommend people read this book. If you're into science fiction or soft science fiction, as people want to call it, uh, we didn't hit on a lot of it. I think we've gotten we that point Duncan across. Completely. Well, I think we spent too much Miss, time in the synopsis and not much time Duncan, on like... We missed a lot of the actual themes because like, it is very you know based, based on politics and you have... Well, I think Tom mentioned it too. Like the whole ecological aspect is a huge part of this book, and we well, yeah. barely touched on that at all. <laughs> it's jihad. That like, is an interesting choice, but I don't know he would use it if he was writing the book in twenty twenty one. Like that word has a different like feeling behind it when you read it now. Different feeling, but not necessarily a different meaning. No, but it's still. I feel like it feels different to read it now than it would in 1970. Mm, maybe, but I still respect his choice on whatever he mm-hmm. wanted to write. I think yeah. it's interesting. His world building is 
Definitely intense. And on the same level as Lord of the Rings, too, where, like, the language is different. He didn't, you know, go all the way through the work of curating Elvish, but, like, this book, you know, it has a glossary in the back, which is useful because a lot of this stuff is, like, new. And so you, you are also just being, you, I guess, are, like, the Atreides, and you are being dropped in that world immediately with no one to really hold your hand. If your books have, if your book has a glossary, I think it's a little obvious it's going to be hard to get into. Also, if your book has a glossary, it sounds hard for an audiobook. Because in the beginning, I was slipping back and forth. For I stopped, yeah. but I... <laughs> I, yeah. I struggled a lot with this. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I I'm I think I'm going to. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind He's of. He's gonna reread it, this. folks. I kind of want to. I mean, it, I have folks. it on my Kindle, and I do have a hard, uh, hard book I borrowed from a friend. I'm tempted to go through it and actually like read it on my own time and not try to rush through it. But if I do that, which I think I that is the way, never get through it. Books yeah. will have to be read. Well, no, I think that's the way to do it in regards to not rushing yourself because I think. You think back to school when you have to read something, you're never really going to enjoy it as much as if you just chose to read it or you set that time aside to read something. Yeah. And I think we run into that with this book club sometimes. I mean, I read Dune at the pace I wanted to read Dune, so I'm fine with it. But uh... well, I mean, so I enjoyed so it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, but... yeah, because you're still reading it. <laughs> Fair. So... But uh, I, I mean, I always like you know, I don't like a book to be a homework. That never exactly makes yeah. me like the a book. The more it feels like right. work, the less you're gonna want to do it. That's just the human human way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like any time we would come up with a book on here, if we only have let's say a month to read it, and it's an 800 page book, I don't think. Oh I'm God, you had like two months. <laughs> you did have two e- months. Even even that is a lot for me. Like I can probably read ten pages a night. I'll say Although, a chapter that, is about be, 15 pages. Shit. What? You can you can read 10 minutes of sitting on the throne. I could. Oh, make it a bathroom yeah. book. Make it a bring pa- the hard so copy bring, into the so bring the yeah. into the bathroom is what you're saying. Or the hard copy. Get some uh, poop molecules on it. Maybe. It's official. If, if, but if I read it something like that, like something small over the course of like 2 months, maybe I could do it. Yeah, I'll try it. Next next book club. Book club is over. It is now called the bathroom break. <laughs> so like it has it. to be books that we can read during our bathroom break and finish them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the Eagles aren't very good this year. You could read during those games. Oof. That's fair. I mean, how are the Seahawks doing, Marty? I'm gonna read during those games too. I mean, a little After hard. A night. little hard to read a After Kindle last book night, at the holy balls. Watching. Oh, that's right. You I bring a game. book. I have a book in my purse no matter <laughs> oh. where I go, so I can read in a stadium, no problem. I think I have three more home games to go to. Hannah, you are Paul. You're boring if you're reading at a stadium. I haven't read at a stadium. <laughs> okay. But I have the ability, if it gets boring, I could. So I think we what we learned tonight out of all of this is that we had Hannah saying, wow. With the brief life of Oscar Wow. And I think we now have Hannah saying, My dib. <laughs> my dib. <laughs> my dib. What, wow. My dib. I think that's 
That's what we got out of this. I'm going to say overall, I liked it. It was definitely written by a man in the 50s, so I don't think his female characters are very well. And Paul's fucking boring as shit, but I still liked the book overall. I... So the- what is that deserves a whole nother conversation that we don't have I know have it's time very for. confusing like I like the book the protagonist did fucking nothing for me but I still didn't do anything I for like anyone. Lady Jessica I, I like Lady Chani Jessica too. I thought I would like Chani when I met her and then just I felt like her storyline just didn't go anywhere um I like Lady Jessica I did she was probably my second. Well, no, Mr. Potato was my second favorite. Jessica was up there. She's in the top five. And you know who's playing Mr. Potato in the film, right? Is it Momoa? Yeah. Yes. And who's playing Stilgar? My other favorite. Uh, Mr. Thanos himself. Or not Mr. Thanos. Oh, that's, um, Javier Bardem. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready Bardem. for this movie. Who's that? Is that the Guardians of the Galaxy guy? Javier Bardem is uh, no country for old men. No country for old men. He was the villain in Skyfall, talking Never James Bond films. Mr. Silver Anyways, with the teeth. I think you guys should read it if you haven't already. And if you haven't, I'm so sorry that you listened to this. I'm so sorry. I'm not. The first part was dynamite, where Neil's having issues. That, that was part's like. Not- I was this hysterical. Is- I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. I know. I was crying. But, uh, <laughs> I was, talk about really, losing your water. That wasn't really part of the podcast. Though, really. I don't know. We're at two hours oh, plus. It's, it's going to be part now. Part oh, God. It. Jeez. I was I was dying, you. Oh, my God. So was I. <laughs> and I fixed that, it just so I could fun. say nothing. <laughs> but we're Worth glad it. you're here. Worth it. I tried to make you do the synopsis. <laughs> And you bowed out. I kind of tried. It would have been shorter right. than Marty's. Now you're here so we can golf. Thanks for listening. We're plans are optional. We don't know how to read books. <laughs>